You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 68. Welcome to the show. This is the forum where we connect you with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. Today's guest has more than 20 years of experience as a corporate trainer and public speaker working with credit union employees, coaches, and executives while they work to enhance their professional skills. She understands that managers want to lead strong teams but don't always have that ability to do it. She is there with relentless energy and insight to challenge managers beyond the status quo. Our guest for today is Jen Kuhn, CEO of ServiceStar Consulting. Jen spends much of her time working with credit unions on the areas of performance management, sales and service culture development, training for employee engagement, and much more. Some takeaways from this episode include a definition of employee engagement, differentiation between employee engagement and employee satisfaction, how leadership behaviors can lead to disengaged employees. You also want to listen for the three critical things credit union leaders should focus on to create engaged employees and a culture of engagement, how employee engagement influence member behaviors, and finally, how advancements in technology can impact the efforts to build a workforce of engaged employees. Now it's time to go straight to my interview with Jen Kuhn, CEO of ServiceStar Consulting. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Q's podcast. Well, thanks so much, James. I'm happy to be here. Jen, can you start off by briefly sharing your role, your position, and uh, tell us about your organization? Because they only serve folks in the credit union space, which is unique. Yes. uh, I work with ServiceStar Consulting, and my job title is the CEO, but my role really varies. I think that's true of anybody that works at ServiceStar. So we all have titles, but what we do for both ServiceStar and the credit unions we partner with is, can vary on a day-to-day basis. A lot of what I do is work with the middle managers and the leadership of the credit unions and helping them develop their leadership and management skills. And then also uh, there are times where I'll work with employees. I, I love doing like sales and service training although the more I work with the leadership, the less I'm available to do that type of training. And working with the leadership, it it can be anything from doing strategic planning sessions, working directly with them in regard to, so if I'm working with upper management, we might be talking about how to build their management team and help create a stronger management team, which in turn then creates an overall stronger workforce with those engaged employees. So a lot of my focus has been in the last year or so working with the leadership of credit unions. Very nice. Thank you for sharing that. Now, we have a lot of great discussion coming up about leadership and about engagement, about employee satisfaction. But before we get into that, I often ask my guests uh, if they could help lead the show with a bit of inspiration. Jen, do you have a mantra or success quote that you live by professionally? Actually, I have two, and I don't know how if I would say that I live by them, but I often use them to uh, inspire me. One is, and I know I did not come up with this, I've, I've heard this over the years or a version of this, and it's a phrase that goes something like, action is the antidote for anxiety. 
and what that means to me when I hear that action is the antidote for anxiety, it reminds me that if I'm worried about something or uh, there is something I really want to accomplish, the only way to do that is to get started. And I think what I see oftentimes too in, in people that I work with is that they take so much time worrying about the outcome or how something's going to work out that they just really don't get started. And for me, I just I, I use that a lot in my personal life also, but just get started and then things will work itself out. And then the other one, which is it's kind of funny, is I, w- I was babysitting my nephew. This is years ago. And he wanted to watch some movie. It was a, I think it was like, like a kung fu movie or something like that. Hmm. And one of the phrases in it was that this, the, the mentor or the uh, sensei saying to the, his student, you control the outcome. And it was just a really powerful point in this movie, not a movie that I would even remember the title of, but I do remember that phrase, you control the outcome. And I joke with my nephew about that for years after that, like you control the outcome and thinking about how much we do have control of. There's so much we don't have control of in life, at work, in our personal lives, but there are things we do control of and how often we miss the opportunities to take control of things we do control. And so I I keep that in mind whenever I'm thinking about something that seems a bit overwhelming. Like how can I, you know, how do I control? What portions of this outcome will I control? And sometimes that comes down to something as simple as being prepared. I control how much I prepare for something. So in that sense, I control the outcome. So I, I find those two ideas and and quotes kind of inspirational for myself, both personally and professionally. Excellent. Great words of wisdom for sure. You mentioned as an example, be prepared. You know, you want to reduce the risks in professional life. So one of the ways is to make sure that you're prepared in advance. That's great. And then of course, the first one related to action, it can be overwhelming. There could be long-term projects, but Action is key, and so it's important to plan for that, prepare for it, but baby steps, one step at a time, and then what's the next step after that? So thanks for sharing. So now I want to talk about engagement, and and we hear a lot about employee engagement or employee disengagement, disengagement being very high. Let's think, first of all, real broadly, because I know a lot of people define it different ways. How do you define engagement? employee engagement, like an engaged employee is someone, I'm going to see engagement in their behaviors. It's not somebody that's telling me that they're engaged, like, oh, I really love my job. That's great to hear. But what I see when I think of employee engagement, I see it in behaviors. Those are people that are willing to go out of their way to create better outcomes. Those are people that are committed and invested. And when I think of credit unions specifically, they're committed and invested in really living the mission of their their credit union, of doing the best by their members and by the credit union. And they're always looking for those opportunities. And when they see them, they pounce on them. They make the best experience possible for both the credit union and the member. Earlier, prior to this interview, you actually shared with me a worldwide stat about the percent of employees who are disengaged at work. What was that percent that you provided me again? The worldwide stat is 87%. So worldwide, about 87% of employees are actually disengaged in their work. In the United States, Gallup polls show that it's around 71% of employees are disengaged. 
Well, let's talk about the difference between employee engagement and employee satisfaction. What's so critical about employee engagement? And then how can you tell the difference between an engaged employee and a satisfied employee? Engaged employees are the ones that are looking to make a difference. They're the ones that are actively seeking opportunities to either help a member or help the uh, department or the branch work more efficiently. They're constantly looking for ways to improve. A satisfied employee is not necessarily an engaged employee. Uh, a satisfied employee is typically very content with their job, meaning they're not actively seeking another job. So if another job presented itself, a satisfied employee would actually take a look at that other job. They might say, hey, is the pay a little bit higher? All things being equal, will I get paid more? Um, a satisfied employee is one that will do their job. They're going to show up. They're going to do their job. Rarely, if ever, will they go above and beyond. So a lot of times I see management and leadership confuse employee satisfaction with employee engagement. And so they see that if they do like an employee satisfaction survey and they send that out, they, they report back to me, well, our employee satisfaction survey is very high. Well, I can be satisfied with my job. It doesn't mean I'm doing a lot more than just my job. So that's where I like people to not be confused with the two of those topics. Um, because, like I said earlier, a satisfied employee isn't actively seeking opportunities to go above and beyond. And in the credit union world, that means either for the member or for the credit union. They're going to show up on time. They're going to do their job. And for a lot of managers that I talk to, they would be very happy just with a satisfied workforce <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because that is a nice thing to have. Ideally, though, what we create through our leadership skills is an engaged workforce. Employees that want to do more than just their job. They want to, they're seeking those opportunities to help members to do more than what the member came in for, for example. That's I a think good... a really, yeah, another, another way that I put this is a satisfied employee shows up, an engaged employee makes a difference. That's a good distinction. Thanks for starting off by sharing that. So what would be an example where there's a demonstration of an actively disengaged employee? What does that look like? Those disengaged employees are the ones that look for ways to get out of work. They're typically doing just enough to not get fired. So a disengaged employee, we see these employees a lot as consumers. Um, I can give you an example. I recently was uh, flying out of state and to, to visit a client to see a credit union, and at the car rental counter, I'm renting my car and talking to this gentleman who is apparently helping me, and he is watching the TV in the corner while he's doing the transaction for me to rent the car. He's active. I'm like looking over, like, is something going on? Is there a, a crisis? Am I missing something? Well, he is watching TV, and he never once in the entire interaction made eye contact with me. Okay, very good example there. Hopefully that's pretty extreme in that particular situation. Yeah. But uh, So then let's kind of step back. What has the greatest influence on employee 
engagement then? Leadership. Every time. Their direct manager has the the strongest influence on the likelihood of an employee becoming engaged, satisfied, or disengaged. So what leadership behaviors discourage engagement then? There, there's four that I tend to focus on that really, if, if you have the, you are a new manager and you get your team, no matter whom you've inherited. So you may have some satisfied, some engaged, some disengaged. The way to make them all disengaged is to focus on primarily negative or neutral reinforcement. That's one way. Where you constantly are pointing out the errors or ignoring the progress that's being made by your team. So that's a surefire way to encourage disengagement. The second one that I tend to look at is having different expectations for employees or having no expectations. You might see this when you have a manager that picks a favorite, for example, their favorite go-to employee, or where their employees really don't know what a good job looks like. So they're so unclear about expectations that it would be hard for an employee to really know what a good job is going to look like. And so they just do the job that they're being asked to do. And then that will lead to disengagement. A third, um, and this one is a critical one, and I hear managers that I work with in credit unions do this quite frequently. It's blaming upper management for either changes or new expectations at the credit union. And I hear them say this in actual meetings. For I'll just give you an example or a couple examples. One thing I've heard managers say is along the lines of, you know, I know this is going to be hard. I know, you know, we've been talking about this and that, you know, this is a change that, that's coming up. But this is what they want us to do. So we've got to do it because they're telling me we have to do it. They meaning upper management. Or I've heard managers more commonly say things like, well, if it were up to me, we wouldn't have to do it this way. But they said we have to start doing this. And that can come up either when introducing change or introducing new expectations in a branch or the department. But I also hear it when, for example, somebody, a manager's, their manager, their supervisor has told them, hey, your department or your employees are often on a dress code. Let's just use that as an example. So I need you to remind them that they really need to be in dress code and hold them accountable for that. Well, rather than the manager simply holding them accountable, Sometimes what happens is they say, you know what, I think what you're wearing is fine, but they don't. So if you could wear dress code for me, then they would get off my back, and I would really, really appreciate that. So I hear things like that, too. And while just hearing it, it doesn't sound that bad in the moment, but what it does is it helps the employee understand your perspective. It makes the employee think, wow, you don't even like the way they're running the credit union. Why would I like the way they're running the credit union? And so it it, it delivers that message. It's kind of like if a kid came home from school and complained about the teacher and they say, gosh, this teacher gives us so much homework. And then the parent goes, I know, that's ridiculous. We may think that as a parent, but we wouldn't encourage that thought process with the kid because it's just going to set them up for failure. We do the same thing sometimes with employees. 
And then the final thing that I think really leads to disengagement, and I don't think anybody intentionally wants to lead to disengagement, but I see quite frequently is where a manager will excuse poor performance in one area because of great performance in most others, or at least great performance in another area. And in the branches, sometimes that that'll play out if you have a top sales performer. So they might say something like, yeah, John is a, you know, he's my top salesperson, uh, but he's always late. So I can excuse him being late because he's always going to deliver sales results. Or in a support department, what is commonly referred to as back office, in a support department, uh, we might excuse the employee that's the most knowledgeable. So they've been here 20 years. They have extensive knowledge in everything this department does and in, in pretty much the overall operations of the credit union, but they're terrible interpersonally. And so what happens is we excuse that. We're like, I know she's difficult to talk to, but my department wouldn't run as well without her. And that's where you hear other employees then start to say things like, why does John get to come in late? And so then that, that leads to their disengagement. Or they call this support department employee that's very knowledgeable, that's somewhat miserable. And, you know, you can, you can just hear it in credit unions when you have a new employee and, and they'll say something like, oh, man, I think I upset Betty in accounting. And someone else will say, oh, don't take it personally. That's just how she is. And so now the newer employees are already starting to get disengaged. And other employees have learned, we have to accept how miserable she is because the manager values something else that she offers. I would say those are the top four behaviors that management does or supports that lead to disengaged employees. I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to that. You know, you may not realize that in the moment, but that can really start a framework for a new employee, you know, if that kind of stuff goes on, for example. So let's kind of go on the opposite piece of that. So what you just described are, you know, what leadership behaviors discourage engagement. Let's talk about now what leadership behaviors encourage and influence engagement. Why is it so hard for credit union managers to create an engaged workforce? And why is this such a challenge for credit union managers? Well, I think, um, and I love the idea of thinking about behaviors that encourage engagement while they're pretty clear cut, they take a lot of effort. And, and the first one is simply positive reinforcement. We call that when we're doing coaching training, catching people doing it right. And as simple as that sounds, I think we're programmed for some reason to look at what's wrong first, especially in an industry like the financial industry that values accuracy. Obviously, we have to. So we're constantly looking for errors people make, and those get pointed out. One of the things I ask while I'm doing a coaching training, for example, I ask the question, what's the likelihood, if we went on a percentage of 80 to 100%, what's the likelihood that by the end of our six-hour session, that if your employee made an error today, you will hear about it later today or tomorrow when you get back to your office? And people usually rank that about 90 to 100%. If an employee made an error while I'm in this meeting, it's a pretty high percentage that I'm going to hear about it. Then I ask the second question, okay, we're in the same meeting. 
if one of your employees lived your mission, what is the likelihood, high or low, that you're going to hear about it tomorrow? And they always say, no, I won't hear about it. That's what they say. They just say, I won't hear about it. If they live the mission, I'm not going to hear about it unless that employee comes and tells me. And living the mission, meaning uh, for most credit unions, improving the financial health and well-being of a member. And so just those types of things that just tell us how, how rare positive reinforcement can be. And that's how challenging it can be sometimes. So that becomes one of their first assignments to lead to employee engagement. Hey, let's, let's catch people doing it right. And then a month later, two months later, I'll check in with those managers and say, how's it going? And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so much harder than I thought it would be. And it's simply because we haven't placed the value on it that we should. And so if it's important to you, you will see it. But it's hard to see because we value more finding errors than finding what's going well. And what we know is that if we use more positive reinforcement, we will increase employee engagement. So that's one of the behaviors I really encourage. Another is setting clear expectations. So just like a lack of expectations leads to disengagement, clear expectations from the beginning help me be more engaged. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I, I also think mission-based leadership. So why are we here? What are you doing and why is it important? Helping make those connections because employees don't want to know, hey, you sold 14 checking accounts or you signed up 13 members for direct deposit. What they'd love to hear is, gosh, you're really saving members time. You're making life easier for our members. That's what's important to them. They're connected to the members. So doing things like that, I think sometimes we tend to, as managers, we tend to coach to numbers rather than behaviors, and that can get discouraging. So really focusing on behaviors and then connecting that to the mission. I think another thing that helps with employee engagement is to provide continuous feedback. Employees want to know what their manager thinks about their performance, but rarely do we have those conversations unless it's in a scheduled meeting. So if we have a one-on-one, -on -one, then they might hear a little bit about it, but typically it's during that performance review, and I think that's a long time to wait to hear from my manager about how I'm doing and, and, and what they think about my performance. I think another thing that helps with employee engagement is definitely to create opportunities for improvement. I work with a credit union that is doing a fabulous job of holding their managers accountable for creating um, what they call IDPs, Individual Development Plans, for every employee that reports to them. And it has changed how they look at their employees and also how their employees look at what they're doing at the credit unions. And they give opportunities for the employee to determine what they want to learn at the credit union. So they're constantly asking employees, what's one thing you would like to learn in the next couple of months? And this gets employees engaged. It challenges them. It, it, it lets them know that the credit union is invested in them. And it really increases that employee's engagement. And I think a lot of times, it, it, one thing that credit unions do well, and I love this about the credit union industry, is that they're service-focused. Most credit unions I work with and we partner with have service projects. And I believe that leads to employee engagement, whether it's helping Habitat for Humanity or, 
or whatever service project is important, most people want to work for a company that cares about the the community that they live in. Urge employee engagement, accountability, that's another way. I think accountability turns into a buzzword for a lot of credit unions or for a lot of businesses in general. But truly holding people accountable for meeting expectations because then people become proud of what they've done. If I've met the expectation and you recognize and reward that, I'm very encouraged by that. And if you hold people accountable when they're not meeting expectations, it lets me know that you're taking these expectations seriously. So those are some of the ways that leaders can encourage employee engagement. Great examples. And leaders can take action immediately following this. Very nice, or at least pick up a couple. Now, employee engagement is driving your credit union's member experience, and your member's experience determines the viability of your credit union. How does employee engagement influence member behaviors? And then also, how does this lead to stronger member relationships and ultimately a financially sound credit union? When we think about employee engagement and how few employees are actually engaged, imagine that impact on members. So I just read the statistic a couple of weeks ago, and it said 78% of engaged employees will recommend their company's products. So not even 100% of the engaged employees, only, you know, there's a small percentage of engaged employees Mm -hmm. at any business. And then a fraction of those, not even 100% of those, but 78% of those will recommend their company products. So that has a direct relationship to whether or not our members are hearing about ways to improve their financial health and well-being. So employee engagement does influence the member's experience in as much as will we live our mission for that member. So if I have a satisfied employee but not an engaged employee, a satisfied employee will do the transaction the member requested. And they'll be fast, they'll be accurate, and they'll be friendly. But what they won't do is actually help improve the member's financial life. Whereas an engaged employee is much more likely to talk about the products and services that are going to help that member either save time, save money, make money, whatever the case may be. And so that's what we're looking for is that that engaged employee to consistently and on their own help the member. And then, again, that goes back to a satisfied employee. They're, they're going to help maintain our business. They're going to help keep the credit union operational. Where an engaged employee is going to thrive to make a difference for the member, which in turn will help the credit union to thrive. You know, that makes me wonder. There's so many channels now for members to connect with credit union staff and credit union staff to connect with members So many members access their credit union accounts through technology. Will technology replace the need for engaged employees? That's a great question. I get that question all the time when I'm doing sales training. I used to get that question all the time Mm -hmm. where we'll talk about easier ways, for example, for a member to access their account. So if I normally would come into my branch and do my transaction face-to-face, but I could be doing it online, I could be using a mobile app, there's multiple ways to access that same or do that same transaction. I've had employees say, well, I'm going to sell myself or refer myself out of a job because they're worried about that, and that's an actual concern that they have. The challenge question I pose or 
two employees, and I'll just use the ATM as an example, I often say if an ATM can do your job, are you really doing your job? So if I could come in and the same transaction an ATM could do, you're doing for me, and you're not adding any other value to that interaction, then technology should replace you. Because what it tells me is you're a disengaged employee. You're doing just enough. You're doing exactly what's being asked of you. So technology may replace a few disengaged employees. However, engaged employees, they're going to learn how to leverage the new technology to provide better experiences for the members. They're going to help members. So technology isn't perfect. Um, I am the poster child for technology and difficulty. I just, I remember when I first, uh, years ago, I purchased a Mac. Uh, I was going to get rid of my old PC. Mm-hmm. And I had owned that Mac. It got shipped to me, to my house. It sat in the box for two months. I was afraid to take it off. <laughs> I was like, that's a little overwhelming. I don't want to deal with that today. <laughs> and it took so long for me to adapt. I am back to a PC. I'm not going to, I'm not cracking on the Mac. I'm probably the only human alive that went from a PC to a Mac back to a PC. I just, I didn't use all the features that it had. However, go into an Apple store. They will do so much to help you. So while the Mac could replace some of the things a PC could do, and make some of the things more intuitive, supposedly. Um, They're the people that show you how to use it. They're the people that make things easier, make it seem like it's easier than it is. And I think what happens when we improve technology is when engaged employees tend to thrive because they find ways to use that technology to the, the consumer's advantage. So it's interesting to listen to. I have a a credit union in Connecticut, and they use a lot of what I would consider cutting-edge technology for a financial institution. So they're always looking for the, the best and the newest. And their employees get excited about this because one thing that they know is technology is going to have problems. And they want to be there for their members when there is a problem. They want to be there for members who aren't sure about how to use that technology but know it would help them. And so these members are able to thrive because not only do they have better technology to help them have access to their funds, but they also have employees who are so engaged that those employees go out of their way with the level of patience that they provide the members and explaining how to use this technology, and when there is something wrong, helping the member through that. So I don't think technology can ever replace the human experience in most jobs. There are some manual or repetitive jobs that, yeah, definitely technology should replace because it could make us more efficient. But overall, I look at technology, especially in the financial industry, as something that should enhance what we're able to offer not replace what we're offering. And so I don't think it can replace, especially when you have somebody that's really engaged, because, again, engaged employees tend to be innovative. They tend to be problem solvers. And like I said earlier, they're constantly on the lookout for creating a better member experience. And they know that sometimes technology can interrupt the member experience. We've all had that experience outside the financial industry. I have technology. I have my printer goes down, and it, you know, I have to call them to get assistance. And 
the assistance that I'm given for the technology I have makes all the difference. Technology offers different opportunities for people of, in any industry. It, it's going to influence how we do our jobs, not if we'll do our jobs. That was so clearly stated. Thank you so much. And actually now might be a good time to share with our listeners, you know, what products does Service Star have and, and, and of those products kind of delineation, what is best for, you know, a particular need? Sure. One of the things that we're offering that's a little bit newer for some of our credit unions is our Vertex Management Program. And when we talk about employee engagement, I think that is a key opportunity to help develop managers because what I know about managers in most industries is people got promoted to management positions because they were really, really good at their job. And so I'm always, whenever I'm working with a management team, I'm looking at a group of top performers. They were the ones that did their job so well that they got promoted. And while that's awesome, what they didn't get was a lot of experience in regard to leading people. And so in our Vertex management program, what we do is we take these top performers and we give them the knowledge and the tools to help them become better leaders, stronger leaders. Because while they're super strong managers, they're not necessarily effective or strong coaches or leaders. Those are two different skill sets. And that's a, a really cool three-day course. So you get to get to know the people that are, are in the course pretty well, and there's some great networking opportunities. Sometimes we do this at just a single credit union, and we work with their leadership team or hand-picked people on their leadership team. And then other times we offer it regionally where anybody could attend, and that's where some networking opportunities come into play. And then we, we always offer our service star program, and that's for any credit union that wants to take a look at their, their overall culture and look at ways to enhance that and improve that. And when I talk about a culture, I'm often talking about the engagement of your employees. And so we look at how to help you develop and enhance your sales and service culture and, and really, it's more than just a bunch of training classes. We look at everything. So you're creating an infrastructure to create the best sales and service culture possible. And that includes uh, looking at your new hire practices, your new employee orientation, the simple things like that that sound very, like they wouldn't have a big impact on the culture. They have a very strong impact on the culture. Uh, we cover leadership and coaching training and development, sales and referral training. So we really cover everything from from the, the very beginning all the way through to how your leaders are impacting your employees, which in turn impact the member experience. I'll be sure to share that information, how they can connect on the Q's websites in the outro. But uh, Jen, boy, this has been a fantastic time. In fact, I know our listeners will be able to take some things from this interview and move that forward for their own staff and for their own employees. If they are interested, they can find out more information about what you have to offer in your partnership with Q. So, but anyways, what a wonderful experience. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. 
Thank you, James. This was a great conversation. I look forward to hearing from people that are interested in seeing what we offer and seeing how, how we can help their credit union. So thanks for taking the time. And I want to thank you, the listener, for continuing to support the show. We're always grateful to you for sharing the forum of the Q's podcast with others, whether the colleagues in your office or those connections you have with your greater network. If you want truly engaged, productive employees and maximum profitability, then Vertex is your answer. Vertex Management Development Program is a low-cost, research-based, year-long program that can be customized to each manager's assessed needs. For less than the cost of a week-long training program, you can provide your managers with information about the key attributes and skills of highly effective managers. Delegation, team building, performance coaching, employee motivation, strategic thinking, leadership, employee accountability, effective performance evaluations, and time management. In addition, upon completion, each manager will receive a follow-up management skills assessment to verify and validate improvement. And there are three different Vertex Management Development Programs to choose from. For more information on how to get started, visit qs.org slash vertex. That is V-E-R-T-E-X. That's qs.org slash V-E-R-T-E-X. And as you know, good service and product selling are not enough to grow membership and ensure long-term viability. Research shows you must dominate member experience. Developing a strong culture and creating engaged employees will offer a noticeably more convenient and customized service. Service Star will provide you the tools needed to succeed, designed exclusively for credit unions. Service Star focuses on developing member-centric team of employees to exceed member expectations and grow profitable relationships. The Service Star program offers two versions to meet your credit union's strategy needs. The Service Star Member Experience Builder and Service Star Selling Solutions. For more information and how to move forward with this highly supported member product, please visit cues.org slash service star. Again, cues.org slash S-E-R-V-I-S-T-A-R. For more talent development content from Cues, visit cues.org. If you are a Cues member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Cues is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, board of director members, and future leaders. To learn how Cues can help you realize your potential, visit cues.org today.